the XFL, when you think about it, you think about that league that Vince McMahon came out with in 2001 where it started off, had a lot of momentum, then it turned gimmicky, came and resurrected in 2020, went through a bankruptcy because of the pandemic, and now it's back with a powerhouse group. You're talking about Redbird Capital and Jerry Cardinal. You're talking Danny Garcia. And then you're talking Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right? And you take his personality and you take his appeal and everything that comes with The Rock and Dwayne Johnson as a movie star. But you gotta go back to those days as a wrestler where he was able to gain that appeal. He was able to gain that charisma and build it to what we see today. And now today, because of that, you have the tequila. Because of that, you have the energy drink. Because of that, we see this big, giant, gigantic movie star in Dwayne Johnson today. People forget he wanted to be a football player. He wanted to make it in the NFL, but did not have the opportunity. What the XFL is for Dwayne Johnson is an opportunity to present opportunities to those guys who may not get the opportunity otherwise, right? That's what the XFL is to him. He's taking it and wearing it on his sleeve. Have you got a chance, has it sunk in yet? You know, I asked Danny Garcia the same thing. Did you get a chance to walk around the venue and, and do you feel it? I have been feeling this surreal thing for some time now, uh, ever since we, we bought the XFL. But coming to this particular event, championship game, uh, we, we've completed the season. And that was in itself one of our goals, uh, because the last iteration of the XFL when Vince McMahon owned it, mm -hmm. shut down four, four, four or five weeks in because of COVID, like a lot of the world shut down at that time. So uh, historically, spring football hasn't worked. So my goal was, can we get through this season? What does that season look like? So now we're here, championship game. Uh, it's a special feeling. Yeah, yeah. Did Vince text you? Like, hey, congratulations, because you, you got through a year. Uh, Vince and I have been texting very consistently, yeah. by the way, about a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. I owed him first that big text yeah. for his, uh, you know, the, um, that big deal that went Absolutely, through, yes. absolutely. So... Why the XFL? Like, I'm talking to my editors and we're all talking. He says, you gotta ask him why the XFL? You are Dwayne Johnson. You don't need the XFL, but here you are and you're doing it anyway, right? I understand it's the league of opportunities and you wanna give those other people opportunities. And there are a variety of ways to do it, but why this league? I love that, Jabari, because I actually did need the XFL and I do need the XFL. And I can tell you that now with confidence in, it's in the DNA now that I've experienced it. Like I, when Danny first came to me and said, hey, let's buy the XFL, I said, yes. As you said, let's create the League of Opportunity. It's something that I didn't have. We came out in that mid-90s draft. Mm -hmm. uh, that was supposed to be my draft. I was supposed to get that call from the NFL. I waited. I didn't think realistically I was going to get the call on the first day. That's the truth. Warren Sapp had balled out. He beat me out from my position. So, you know, I, I had a dismal senior year. Um, but I thought there's, there's a shot on this second day of the draft. Mm -hmm. And that call never came. So I wanted to, you know, buying the XFL with Danny and Jerry Cardinal at uh, Redbird Capital, easiest yes. But once the season got going, and once I started to get to know the players, and once I started to hear from the players and hear from the coaches, and we heard from the officials, as they're getting these looks and calls from the NFL, you realize that, I realized that, man, I, I needed this. Like, I needed this for in here because I realized, you know, sometimes in life, there's stuff that happens to us, and you're like, God, why did this thing happen? And you either pause for a second, pay attention to what God in the universe is telling you, and explore it, or you just move on. Yeah. 
Like, oh, that shit feels too heavy. I'm not going to deal with it. In this case, as this season went on, I, was, I did my best to pay attention. Like, why am I feeling this? Um, did a little bit of work, explored it. Then I realized, ah, I needed the XFL because football didn't end on my terms. Yeah. I didn't go out in a blaze of glory, big retirement. The NFL was my dream. Brother, that was the thing. Even though my dad was a successful professional wrestler, as we talked about, it, those guys in the 80s, Mickey Rourke and the wrestler, the Darren Aronofsky movie, like that's a real thing. And had it not been for the grace of God that I could take care of my family, we would have wound up like that. And a lot of the wrestlers at that time ended up like that. So football was the dream. Football was going to be the thing that I was going to be able to buy my parents their first house, buy my mom anything she wanted. And when that didn't happen, it all, that crumbled for me. And there was something psychologically that I realized that I hadn't dealt with because football didn't end on my terms that the XFL um, wound up giving to me. Yeah. You remember that call from Danny when she called you up and she said, I have a crazy idea. I do. What did you say to her? I said exactly these words. Don't threaten me with a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> I told her that. We laughed. And I said, what is it? And she was very direct. She goes, I want us to buy the XFL. Yeah. And I paused. And I said, yes, I love it. And then we went to work. And that was baptism by fire. I had not attempted to buy a team, a league, or anything like that. Uh, and that was a real education for me. Um, and those were a lot of muscles that I had not exercised before in terms of understanding what that kind of diligence looks like when you try to acquire a league. There's the, the acquisition of the league, um, and then there is the building of the organization all around you. And that's the part that, um, that I was, I became a sponge yeah. and tried to learn as much as I possibly could yeah. and try to make sound decisions along the way. What was that pause? Like, what was the emotion when you're thinking in that, in that moment before you say yes, right? What was that pause? And did 1995, did it all come right, rushing right back at that moment? It all came back. Well, the pause happened because we were so close to the XFL, the original XFL, mm -hmm. in the early 2000s. We were partnering with Vince at that time. I was wrestling for him. I was at that time, uh, the company was at a high. I think we had just became a publicly traded company. Uh, the character of The Rock was on top, raising that eyebrow, if you smell. <laughs> um, so we were close to the XFL at, at that time. Um, and that didn't work out the way th th of the intention. Now, years later, there's that second iteration of the XFL in 2020 that was doing well, I think, first four weeks, five weeks, and then it stopped because of, uh, because of COVID. And I didn't know, Jabari, if, if there was a shot at spring football. I was just, I was a little unsure. Danny saw something a little bit deeper. The thing that made me pause was just the business side of it and can this thing work? The thing that made it the easy yes was, ah, but wait a second, I never had this shot. I wish I had the XFL when I was coming out of Miami. Man, this would have been amazing for me. Let's do it, let's create that. League of Opportunity for Players. And then the thing that she saw deeper that I had come to realize after we 
got together and sat down uh, about what the league looks like is I think just the application of creating a media entity within the XFL and taking the stuff that we have learned in the past from being kids with Vince growing up during that time in the WWE and applying it to this football organization. What was the things that you had learned in 2000 that you saw from the XFL and then it folded and then it came back that you said, okay, we cannot do this when we run this league? Well, the main thing for me was humility and being grateful. And now, we were in WWE at that time, character of the rock was on top. We didn't have any equity or any skin in the game in the XFL other than we were rooting for it to work. For me personally, the thing that I realized going into this league that I felt was important for me to be forward facing is just, and it's how I am anyway, I think in my DNA, is this is a blessing. The league is a blessing. I, and I say this with humility and gratitude and excitement, uh, but there's, and, and there's a desire for us to disrupt and be edgy and all the things I think that the XFL can do in the, in, in the spring. Um, but the NFL was my goal and dream. And there's an incredible amount of boundless respect that I have for the NFL. That first iteration of the XFL, um, the setup was different. It was combative with the XFL. And that was a decision that Vince had made at that time. Um, but this time around, in this iteration, we went to New York and we sat with Roger and Troy Vincent and their counsel and said, we come to you with our hat in hand and we're not looking to compete. There is no competition. This is the league and that's a shield. Whether XFL wins or not, I'm, I personally, I'm always gonna protect that shield because that was my dream. Mm -hmm. And so we said, we'd love to find a pathway to part, partner up here to grow the game of football because we love the game of football. That was one of the main anchors and the differences from that first iteration, early 2000s of the XFL to this one. So we came at that, we came to that meeting with a lot of love and a lot of respect, and a lot of respect for the game, and a lot of respect and love for the Shield too as well. Yeah. You don't strike me as the type of guy that makes bad business decisions, right? They happen sometimes. Give me time, Jabari. <laughs> but um, when Jerry and Danny, when they laid that business plan out to you, what did you see that instantly stuck out like, now I know? I mean, the passion is there because you want to give opportunity, but the money got to make sense too. The math and the money has got to make sense, and that's where Jerry and Redbird Capital and his partners, that's where these guys come in, and that's where, that's where the capitalization of this business and organization, that's where it becomes very apparent. Jerry, as Danny likes to call him, is the rock of, of his industry. Of his industry. <laughs> <laughs> and when, you know, Jerry's funny because he's like, oh, I'm not the rock, but he likes that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you are the rock. Is he the rock of his industry? Can you look at him and say, you know what? You are me in, in private equity. That's a bad dude. Yeah. That's a bad, Jerry Cardinal is a bad dude. In private equity, he is a version uh, of the rock. Can't give it up like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody the rock. Yeah. But, um, but when they laid out that business plan and you, when you sit with those guys at Redbird Capital, they're all, yes. They're all passionate. They all want to win um, and take a lot of pride in winning. Um, but they're all credentialed in the streets. 
and they know what they're doing. And taking big swings is what they do and what they love to do, too, as well. Yeah. He said that, I quote, I said, what do you need from Dwayne to make sure that this thing is effective? He says, and I quote, consistent engagement, consistent leadership. Can you provide that with your schedule? I can, and I have. So it's a great question, and that's why he probably led with that, because at first uh, there was a concern. How can we do it? Is DJ stretched too thin? Can he give us the engagement, the consistent engagement leadership that's required, that's needed? And I said, well, let's stand this thing up and I'll show you. Yeah. And also, and I understand that, but it was also, I just knew in time, because we're long gamers in this thing, I just knew that let's stand it up and let's get going. Let's let the train leave the station and you'll see, because this is not just an endeavor that's going to fill up a portion of this portfolio and then maybe one day we flip it and turn it, exit strategy and we're out. This is legacy. This is the long game. What do you have to do? If you have you all these fans here tonight, you get on the mic and you got one sentence to convince them to come back and support this league next year. What do you tell them? We're building this together. From the ground up, we are building this together. You, me, these players, these coaches. These players are going to come. They're going to ball out. A lot of them are going to go to the league, the NFL. We're going to be right there rooting them along. We're always going to do that every single year, but here in this market in San Antonio and all the other markets, we're all building this league together. You're a hard guy not to like, right? I was Give looking, it time, Jabari. Uh, I mean, listen, you got the, 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 I'm looking at the Oprah in 2018 and 2020, and I'm hearing you, and I'm looking at all the interviews. You're on a big media run because of this, and I'm thinking like, man, he's hard not to like. So with that said, has the skepticism... Calm down because, hey, it's like The Rock is involved. Right? Dwayne Johnson's involved. We got to support it because you are who you are and you're a likable guy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But people are funny sometimes. You know, when you want to try something new and maybe it's not your space and you, you, you put your lead foot out there, you surround yourself with good people, um, you want to do something good, sometimes you'll find a handful of people who are negative, you know, who want to. Uh, who, for whatever reason, just don't want it to work. Um, so, and also, I understand, you know, the skepticism, because that's always going to be there. Mm. But for me, we just got to truck through it and continue to do what we do, and, and it'll all shake out how it's meant to shake out. And if we do good, if we find some success, if we do some good things in this first season, great. We're going to learn from it, and we're going to move on. If we fail, then... We're going to learn from it, and we're going to move on. Yeah. That seven bucks, seven bucks production, right? You always tell the story about the seven bucks. And the one thing that I didn't hear, what did you do with the seven? When you open up the wallet, you see you got seven bucks. What did you do with the seven dollars? Man, man, I love that, man. <laughs> no one's ever asked what me that question, like, man. Like, did you see you have something? Did you save it? <laughs> would you spend it on coffee? Did you well, get a, a drink because you got cut? Like, well, for, well, first of all, I, I was, it wasn't actually seven bucks. Yeah. It was a five, a one, and change. Okay. So I like to say at least I was economically optimistic, right? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I rounded up yeah. Yeah. to seven bucks. Um, I, I don't even remember what I did. I'll tell you what I did with it, and now I'm going to bring the room down. I went into depression with the seven bucks. Yeah. So 
there you go. Yeah, but you're out of it now because you're, you're at the XFL <laughs> championship. That, 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 that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went right into depression yeah. with that seven bucks. Yeah, but you're out of it now, though, right? Because that depression is over. You're XFL, it's a championship. You remember it, though, but that's over. The, yes. That, well, now, years later, I, I feel like I have the emotional tools to get through depression and to understand what it was. I always say with mental health, mental wellness, mental hellness, however we look at it, um, Back then, when I was going through it, at 23 or 24, I didn't know what it was. And back then, th this idea today, hey, talk about it. Get it out. You got to talk. You don't hold it in. It's not cool. doesn't make you tough. It's okay to be vulnerable, especially as dudes. Um, this, that wasn't around back then. Like, it was, not certainly with my dad, we couldn't talk about those kind of emotions, so you had to hold it in. So, yeah, I had gotten through that, and so now I like to think that I have just the emotional tools to get through it and be better through it. Um, but I will tell you this. There are, there are times in our lives, I feel like, that are defining times that you never forget. That time when I opened that wallet and I had essentially seven bucks and I was in the passenger seat of my dad's red truck driving from Miami up to Tampa on I-75 through Alligator Alley. I will never forget it at two o'clock in the morning. Like that's how, it, that shit is seared in my mind and I open this wallet and I have a five, a one and some change and I, and I closed it and I remember thinking, man, this is all I got. This is my dream. And the reality of it is it's not like, hey coach, I'll be back next year. Make sure I make, you know, I, I, I put me on first team. I want to make my money. And like, it, it's gone. It's done. And I have to move back in with my parents. I leave school. I leave home at 18, ready to tackle the world. I go to University of Miami. They were defending national champions at that time. I'm like, this is it. This is my ticket. And now years later, I got seven bucks, and I'm headed back mm -hmm. in with my parents, living in their apartment. That moment in particular, of all the other times I've dealt with mental wellness and challenges and things like that and bouts of depression that one is the one that is always kind of in the forefront of my mind not the depression part that's behind me but just this idea like hey this is why it when this is in the forefront of my mind this is why when you ask me what's the thing you learned from back then that you apply now is humility because to me and this isn't reality, but to me, I like to operate like this. Man, I'm a couple of days away from seven bucks, you know? Congratulations on getting through year one. Last thing for me, really. Yeah. What is Dwayne Johnson's superpower that's going to get the XFL to year two, three, four, ten? What's your superpower? How are you going to do it? The superpower here, I believe, is storytelling. Mm. So we have surrounded ourselves with the capital, the great minds in terms of business, um, for me, the superpower is storytelling. And what I mean by that, to drill down a little bit more into that, is storytelling, showing the world how these players matter. And even though they may not be big stars, they may not be making $50 million, they matter. And they're working their asses off, playing a game they love, putting food on the table for their family. They matter in a way, to me, that makes them more relatable to our audience and our fan base. Like, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to work hard. That's what I feel our fans, that this is why I felt that was one of the challenges going into this. Can't we draw people? Are people gonna come out? 
when you look at our competition, when you look at the USFL in their last season, they weren't drawing anyone. This year they're going through the same thing and the same challenges. So, but last year was our reference. It was referential to that. That was spring football. And no one was coming out to their games. I was thinking, <laughs> are people gonna care to come out to the XFL games in the spring? A week after the Super Bowl. And we found that with great storytelling, here's how these players matter, this is who these players are. These players are player 54. 53 men on an NFL roster, I was always number 54. DJ, you're good, but you're not good enough. So your dream men's here. The, the fucking chip that that put on my shoulder, this is the same chip that these players have. So it, it was the storytelling, I think, that allowed our audiences in all these markets to come, start to come out. You started to see our attendance building and building. We had a couple of sellouts in D.C. St. Louis consistently had the largest attendance every single week of 30,000 plus. So we're growing. So bring it back to your great question. The superpower going into this next season is storytelling at, because now we're getting a lot of new players in because we're going to lose a lot to the league, the NFL. And that's a good thing. And we're going to root, we're going to root them on. And I want to, I always tell these players who I know are going to the league, I want you to go, you go to the Super Bowl, just get me free tickets. <laughs> that's all I need. But I, I believe it's storytelling and show, continuing to showcase that these players matter and how they matter. Congratulations, man. I mean, pulling Thank it off you. the first year is hard and, hard. you know, yeah, it is. But congratulations, man, and much success. I appreciate all you right? very much. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you.